Welcome everybody to the Tag and Brando podcast. Uh, hi, Konnichiwa. We are international now to all of our uh, out of country listeners. Annyeong, <laughs> Aseo. That's good. Good, good. Thank you. Mostly just, you know, we're just doing the, the, the Far East. <laughs> Ni hao. <laughs> Oh, good. All right. <laughs> that was pretty inclusive for that, that side yeah. of the world, at least. Good day to all those, you know, Eastern Eastern peoples down under. <laughs> good day. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is uh, just Tag and myself, Brandon, just uh, talking about some old times, some good times, and some, some new times. That's pretty much... What uh, what we got going? That's right. We chew the fat. We chew, we chew the skinny. We talk about the skinny and the old, the new, the brown, the blue. Yeah, all those things. What's up? What's down? Yeah. Do you know what the opposite of salt is? You know, things that Ooh, that matter. was a good one. We talk about it. Ooh, yeah. We got into a whole thing on opposites. But today... That's true. Oh, yeah. I was... No, no, no. We are. Uh, we got our question of the day to head us off here. We really just want to make everybody kind of, kind of think, get the juices flowing. You know, if you if you need something to 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 talk about around the office or something to kind of get get uh, some conversation going. Yeah. Here are these exactly. good ways that we have found to kind of just get anybody's opinion on on something and uh you ready for yeah you want to be the, the coolest cat around the uh walk with your water cooler talk listen up we got some questions of the day for you yeah so the question for today at taggart is what is your favorite or what is your most what is the most frustrating mystery? This could be from your own personal life, something that you observed that you're like, I don't know what was going on there, or something that you've uh, you've read about or you've heard about from uh, you know from the news or uh, I cannot remember the guy who hosted Unsolved Mysteries. Uh... I can't think of his name either, but I can picture his face and his voice. Yes. Um, that show freaked me out. Yeah. Can I just say, when I was a child, I'd watch it and I'd be like, he could be outside my door right now. Robert, they never Robert the Stack. He, he was in New York, but he could be outside right now. And, uh, yeah. Scary. Good old Robert Stack. From Airplane. Robert Stack. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's mm-hmm. right. Uh, My, my, you should hit me up first with your favorite. Mysteries. So, mm-hmm. I uh, I feel like I have a good answer for this, and I, I I cannot for the life of me think of it. So maybe you'll drive. So a uh, couple of, I mean, there's a couple of classic mysteries out there. I mean, the there's the story of Atlantis. You know, it, it pops up, it crops up in Ooh. in several. Uh, ancient texts you know and from learned people right 
from like Plato and all that kind of stuff. Straight up learning. And people. you know, kind of has like similar elements and everything like that. But then it's just there's just we got nothing. You know, we got no real evidence on what this was. Right. Right. Um, you got uh, Roanoke. Virginia. Uh, the the yeah the island. Oh, the island. Uh. Oh. Yeah, so there's so uh, back in the colonial days, Roanoke, uh, before it was Roanoke, it was like the, one of the places that there was like the first settlers that came to America, and they they all disappeared like off this island, and there was just one, there was just a tree that had Roanoke like carved in it. What? Yeah, that's weird. Like, so, so there's like there's that mystery. Um, there's uh, the what about the Mothman? Ooh, tell me, tell me about the Mothman. I don't. Uh, you know this? The, the you don't know the Mothman? They made a terrible movie called The Mothman Prophecies. Yes, uh, I, I'm familiar. Somewhat with the movie, not but I have no good. Yeah. Not good. The actual lore goes, and in, in uh, this is in uh, Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Point Pleasant is a cool little town. It's on the corner, basically, of the Kanawha River and the Ohio River, and they basically meet at a forty-nine degree angle. It's kind of crazy how the the landform. You can almost go and okay. like it's kind of up on a hill looking over where these two rivers come together. These pretty big rivers. Anyway, so uh, there was a bridge. All right. Let me make sure I got the right one. Uh, oh, while you're while you're thinking about that, uh, I, I was wrong. It was it – was, uh, Roanoke wasn't carved into the tree, but – Coratonin, C R O A T O A N was was carved into a palisade, and and they were like, "What uh, does that mean?" And what happened? And that was it. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It could be outside my window right now. Um. Okay, so I'm pretty sure. Uh, you have to correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure uh, okay I'm pretty sure it was the bridge going across the Ohio because there's a bridge that goes across the canal into Point Pleasant and there's a bridge that okay. goes across Ohio uh, the Ohio River to take you from Point Pleasant into Ohio now correct me if I'm wrong people from there it's been a second. Um, but they had a bridge. They built it across this river. It was a a suspension bridge of sorts. It was uh, kind of a new design. It's kind of ball and or this like eye and uh, socket kind of thing where these uh, the wires would hang down off the, the top support. Just kind of with these eye loop, with these eye loops, okay, pin kind of thing. The sil- 
the silver bridge. The silver, are you looking it up? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, so, um, it was this new design. Everyone was like, it's so cool and it's strong and like, there's nothing that's going to happen to it. There's no way this bridge is, you know, it's structurally sound and all this stuff. Anyway, so the, 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 they had, uh, for years, these sightings in Point Pleasant of the, of the Mothman, um, some anamorphic man moth thing that, uh, <laughs> Oh, Oh, a man yeah, he, moth makes, makes way more it. sense. You got it. The okay. I was in like, brain. I don't, I'm not no. picturing this. Um, <laughs> and he and it was always said that he brought misfortune. So if you saw the Mothman, something something bad was going to happen. Not necessarily to you, but possibly in the area of where he was sighted. Again, I, I hope I'm giving these details right. Super specific, right? <laughs> That's the thing. He can do whatever. I mean, it, it, like it could, it, it could, could, it could be, be you, yeah. or it could be. It sounds like yeah, very horoscopic. It's just, it's just like, in that day. Yeah. Um, you know, you saw him on mm-hmm. on your stomach. It's weird. It yeah. So yeah. So, anyways, uh, I don't remember the. Okay, I don't remember as the. There was a. Uh, as the story went down, though, there was a traffic jam going across the river. So the bridge itself was pretty full mm-hmm. of people. And one of those little eye loop supports broke and the bridge fell. Ooh. Um. Mm. If you ever make it out to Point Pleasant, they have a great uh, bridge museum where they talk extensively about the bridge, the old silver bridge, and uh, they show you the actual design and the broken piece and all this stuff. It's, it's kind of cool. Um, but uh, people say that it was like a, a cloudy, kind of uh, foggy day. And uh, I don't remember, but there were supposedly some sightings of the Mothman that day. And so some people attribute it to the Mothman that the bridge itself fell that day. Um, again, 46 people died. Yeah, it was, a, it was a tragedy. There was a lot of people that lost their lives. It was cold. It, well, I want to say it was in the wintertime sometime. Uh, so, you know. December 15th, yeah. It yeah. Was def- not just the falling Six, of the bridge, but the river uh, and stuff like that. So, so it was a big bad thing. And again, what I remember from going to the museum was they still don't have any idea how that thing broke. That mm-hmm. that uh, engineering wise, everything they don't. It doesn't add up why that sort of, um, you know, weakened and broke and failed. Um, they haven't made a bridge of that design since, um, you know, possibly because they didn't understand why it, you are why it failed and how it possibly could fail again. 
but uh, you are zero for one. <laughs> good shot. Now get off the court. Um, but yeah, that's a little mystery that uh, I lived in in that area for a little bit, and uh, that was one that I found quite interesting. I have a picture somewhere of a, a Mothman that I drew. Oh, wow! I thought quite good, quite good. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so there you go. There's one that I remember. What about you, sir? That that that's a good one. Um, well, I'm always like fascinated with like you know, like Jack the Ripper, or even like a you know more recent kind of mystery like who's Banksy, you know, obviously kind of stuff. Um, Ooh, yeah. Like, and you've seen the Banksy documentary? I have not. Oh, you haven't? Uh. Uh-uh. Uh, what's it called? Am I gonna pull it out of my brain? It's a good watch. You should watch it. Okay. Um, but yeah, like there's there's just a lot of like very interesting stories out there. DB Cooper. Uh, are you familiar I'm not with that familiar one? With that. Uh-uh. Uh, I mean, real quick, DB Cooper is a story from like I think seventy one or seventy two, somewhere in the early seventies, where he he goes to like the Seattle airport or an airport, I think somewhere close to Seattle because uh-huh. um, he's just on an hour. Fl- he buys a ticket for an hour flight and he gets on the plane and he hands the stewardess a, a note that says like, I have a bomb and like, don't like, don't do anything. It just, it's come sit next to me. I have a bomb basically. Uh-huh. So she like sits next to him and he sh- opens his briefcase and, and she sees like you know what looks like dynamite and stuff like that. Um, he requests uh, four parachutes and something like two hundred thousand uh, dollars. You know, not a huge ton of money, but something you know substantial for the time. And uh, they, uh, when they land, he lets all the passengers off and keeps like one of the crewmen besides the pilots. And he gets his parachutes and he gets his um, money and they take off and he uh, tells them to fly to Mexico. But then while they're flying, you know, it's night time. He opens the back, uh, the back, this particular plane had a back staircase to let the passengers on and off. Okay. Um, like kind of like a cargo plane opens in the back. Uh-huh. Uh, so he opens the back and um, he put on one of the uh, parachutes, takes his briefcase and the money and jumps out into the night. Like uh, he told the pilot to go as like slow as possible and, you know, and like fly like low. Cause like, I don't know he was saying like to avoid radar or whatever. And he jumps out the back of the plane and he's never heard from or seen again. Neither is any of the money or any remnants of anything relating to it in the entire like search area, um, except for two, like two wads of money two like, you know, of the, bundles of uh-huh. money they found two, uh, two bundles like, a, of like yeah two 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 like you know uh bundles of like a thousand dollars each they found in like a, a riverbed 
like some kid found it a couple years later and um like but they have no idea like if he survived if he didn't like where didn't they find the body and like why didn't he they find any of the money because he um they like um took like you know it was the 70s but they took microfiche of every Uh single bill so they had every single serial number and they gave that all to the to banks and casinos and everything like that, none of the money has ever turned Never out. Never got a hit on anything. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he made it. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, like, they didn't find anything. Like, not they didn't find the shoot. None of the right. remnants of the shoot. Um, none I just of them. Just think that some of that money would have turned up if he had yeah. made it, because he would have yeah. spent. He would have had to spend some of it. Think. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, or he, or he knew how to spend it to like you know, like he know he knew to take it to a different country and spend it all, so it never got back to the U.S. or something. I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah. But, um, but that like the funny thing is, D.B. Cooper, he bought his ticket under the name Dan Cooper, uh-huh. but the police thought oh well maybe it's this guy db cooper he you know he's our prime suspect so they went to interview or interrogate him or whatever and that's what the paper like heard about and so they reported it as like db cooper this new master you know this this mystery man blah blah blah. and so it's not even like what the guy actually what everybody knows is not it's the the real guy's name that is like you know was the prime suspect so it's like so it's like his name's been you know synonymous with this even though he had nothing to do with it kind of a thing which is kind of crappy but yeah that's cool that's a cool one Mm -hmm. so yeah there's that one and then uh what kind of brought this up what i heard about recently was diatlov the Dyatlov Pass incident. Have you heard of this at all in Russia? I don't think so. Okay. This one, it yeah, a movie came out, I think it was in like 2013, I want to okay. say, called uh, The Devil's Pass, where they kind of like these people went and kind of reenacted it, kind of Blair Witch style okay. kind of a thing, right? It, I watched the trailer. It looked a terrible. But, <laughs> uh, but this story uh, it was 1959 in Russia. Okay. So, um, you know, nobody heard about it in the West until like the 90s, right? right. Obviously. Um, um, Ten college students go to the Ural Mountains in the middle of January. Dumb. First mistake. Yeah. Well, they're like expert skiers and they're doing it as part of this like university project to like get certified for something or whatever, right? Get the certificate thing. So they go. Dyatlov is um, the leader of the group and he's only like 21 or something like that. 21, 22. Okay. one of them has to go home early. And so they randomly kind of pick up this other guy who's like in his thirties, but uh, he can play the mandolin. And so it's like, sweet, let's take this guy along with us. As you would. 
they, yeah, they head up into the mountains. They, and then like, there's some diary entries that they have, like, you know, oh, we stopped here. We, this happened, this happened, da, 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 da. And then, you know, um, then they're, they're, you know, they never come back. And so they send out a search party, like, you know, later that month or whatever, a couple, you know, like two weeks later or something like that. They find the tent because um, the, they had a helicopter, like, drop them off okay. where they were supposed to be. And so um, so they could get there a lot faster than the, than the people would have gotten there originally. They find this tent that all the flaps are, like, still closed, you know, okay. but there's a huge, there's a huge like rip in the side of the tent. So they didn't like go out the door or untie or, and you know, untie any of the flaps to get out. They just like ripped right through the tent. Cause it's been ripped from the inside out. Okay. And no, like no, no people around. They just see a bunch of footprints and everything that are some barefoot and some people with just one shoe on and some people just like in their socks. So like this whole combination of like people just scrambling because there's like they left their clothes, their food, their all their tools, uh, all their gear, and you know even some of them left sh- their shoes like in the tent. What the. And this is January in Russia. Yeah. Right. So January in Russia. Yeah. So then they see this like single file path, like after like, you know, they're, they're, they're following this single file set of tracks. So they, and everything. And then they can see every once in a while, the, the tracks will lead off in one of like one set of tracks will lead off in a direction, but then it'll come back around. So like, you know, somebody left the group and then comes back and then somebody leaves the group and comes back. So they're like, kind of just like, you know, venturing out, but then coming back around. Right. Okay. Then the uh, search party sees this big cedar tree. That's just kind of standing in the middle of nowhere because there's nothing like this is, this is called like, death mountain because nothing lives up here like no animals no no foliage no nothing so they see in this valley they see this big cedar tree and they're like oh well maybe we can get a better vantage point you know if we can climb up this tree or whatever so then they go up to the tree and they see two dead bodies and the two dead bodies are like laid out and they're down to their underwear. Okay. And it it looks like the remains of a fire, and the branches on the cedar tree have been uh, broken off, like up to like five meters high. So like either somebody climbed up there and they fell, or they broke the branches to like get firewood, or maybe both, you know. But um, there's these two dead bodies, right? Then. On the way back, like they 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 kind of circle back and um, they find uh, they find I think it's three other of the three other people. Okay. 
and it's it's like they had tried to make it back to camp like they were they were going not the way they came obviously because they didn't see them on the way down but they they are circling back around trying um, to get back to camp trying to trying to get back to camp and you know they're not wearing shoes and everybody you know they're just dead of like you know hypothermia and stuff like that then oh in gosh. like the spring th- yeah then in the spring thaw they find four the four other people and so they find all all the bodies and everything but um those four you can see that they have uh the clothes of the two that were laid out by the tree uh-huh. so those they were there when those two died and basically kind of well you know arranged them like okay well let's you know but they also basically you know took their clothes to try to survive right, right? i mean what are you what are you going to do and so but the weirdest part is the fact that when they got them back and they did like an autopsy on all the bodies and stuff some of their clothes was like was slightly radioactive they had uh, fractures, like one guy, uh, his chest, like his uh, his rib cage was crushed, like he had been in a car accident. Another guy had fractures on his skull, um, broken bones, and things like that. But there are no outward bruises at all. What? And some of the uh some of the hikers they found that had that their eyes had been like their eyes are missing either what yeah either potentially you know birds or something like that or not because one girl she was laying face down she didn't have and she didn't have her eyes and she did not have a tongue Oh my gosh! <laughs> and so, obviously, Freak, a lot of this freaking yeah. me out, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know, it's 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 one thing to be like, well, why did these guys run out of their tent in the middle of the night? You know, that's crazy. But then the real mystery is, what the crap happened to them afterwards? Because I mean, everybody running yeah. out of their tent, dying of you know. Uh, What's it called? Yeah, sure. Totally makes sense, right? <laughs> like, you know, something scared them. They all got freaked out. They all, one person ran out and they all ran mm-hmm. out or something. Yeah, exposure and died. Well, okay. Yeah, but. okay. But then all this, like the the broken bones and the, and the eyes and the tongue thing, like her mouth like was closed and turns out that, you know, her tongue has been removed somehow. Oh my god! I'm not gonna sleep tonight. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, pretty freaky. Yeah. So, bro. Yeah. Yikes. So, uh, yeah. There's some crazy mysteries out there. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm gonna shake that <laughs> off. <laughs> did you Did you think Did you think of yours yet? Uh, you got my Mothman story. I think that's as far as I can go now. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Have you seen uh, the Curse of Oak Island at all? The Curse of Oak Island, you say? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Uh, I can't remember what channel it's on, 
but it's this this show uh this island up in canada there's like this legend of like buried treasure and okay. these two brothers like you know they, they they're self-made you know millionaires basically so they were like oh well we should go back and we should figure out what happened on this island right we should like invest and try to so they made like this you know reality show kind of thing about it or whatever uh-huh um just to kind of tease it out a little bit they find like this um kind of what they they think is like the beginning of this treasure map kind of thing and uh-huh. they they follow it and they find this this spot that's like you know a bunch of flat stones and so they're like, okay, well, this is where we're digging, right? So they dig down, and about 10 feet down, they hit this platform made of oak uh, logs, right? So this is why it's like Oak Island or whatever. And so they're like, okay, well, it's got to be under this. Like they, they, you know, put this, you know, platform of oak down. Let's bust through it. So they, they bust through that, dig 10 more feet. They hit another platform dig 10 more feet, hit another platform, another down and down and down. They hit 90 feet and they still hit another platform. And so you got to think about it. So that's like nine Whoever's done this, nine platforms. And this is supposedly dates back to like the, the 1700s, you know, back like when pirates or whatever, you know, people sailing around and trying to bury their stuff and it's just like nine, 90 feet down, you got to think like you got to start from the bottom and go up, right? So you got to dig in a big enough hole to like put the first platform down and then fill it 10 feet right. and then, you know, and then go and go and go, right? Um, but the crazy thing is when they bust through the last platform, if I remember this correctly, as soon as they do that, the hole instantly floods and Uh, they've dug past it since and they found these channels to the ocean that have also been dug and like there's like more and more stuff like that they keep on finding like deeper and deeper down and they've had to like send scuba equipment and seismic you know these guys are just pouring their money down this literally down this hole to try to figure out what the heck is this, this, and every time they do something, it's like, that's why it's like the curse of Oak Island. Cause every time they do something, something crazy happens. And so like it floods or like they, yeah. Isn't this a movie? Isn't there a movie like this? Where they had to they like dive down into this hall to try to find this, Money? What is that? What am I thinking of? Um, are you thinking of the rescuers, <laughs> where they got to get Penny to go down <laughs> only at low tide oh, or whatever? No, it's not Penny. <laughs> oh, Penny. Uh, um, no, no, there was a movie. Uh, I'm not gonna pull that out. What is that? I don't know. Maybe it's the movie of the mystery of Oak Island. Um, no, I don't know. Hmm. It seems to me that this is a plot of something uh, where they found this treasure supposedly or something and they were trying to – there was some scuba element 
then diving down in this hole to try to mm-hmm. find it and it was like booby trap or something Ooh, don't remember don't remember yeah well it makes for a good show i guess you know yeah but like, they never found the treasure i assume they're still yeah so i mean i think they they've run out of funding um and they're like seasons because it's just they found like a couple of remnants and a couple of scraps and some parchment and like some some metal boxes you know like some cash boxes and stuff but the they're still trying to figure out what's 200 plus feet down but it's just so dangerous and stuff like that so yeah crazy Mm mm-hmm yeah, I don't know, man. There's just like it's it's interesting because you got like so many things that we're just never gonna know about, you know? Right. Just like we get we get more and more details, and then you got conspiracies on it, and and you know people just yeah. I'm trying to think about this flight that I heard about. Um, I don't have any of the details or which one it was. People might. Um, like the, remember this? I want to say it was an Eastern, like in Indonesia or whatever, Malaysia or whatever. The Malaysian uh, flight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe where they like basically turned around and went the wrong way for like two hours or something mm-hmm. before they crashed into the ocean. Um, and you know, during that time, they couldn't get them on the radio. They didn't know what was going on, it, but it seemed like the plane was fine and it flew like it wasn't like being erratic in any, like it just turned around and went the wrong way off flight path and uh just flew steadily until it mm-hmm. like ran out of gas or something and crashed into the ocean and you're like what but anyways and that i mean that's not that long ago either i want to say the the one i'm thinking of is like 2014 yeah, yeah. that's what i was gonna say it wasn't that long ago mm-hmm. um yeah i think we're talking the mm-hmm. same thing but yeah let's see yeah that stuff's weird that's just weird. Like so many, there's so many things placed on these planes now and mm-hmm. so many, uh, you know, communication is almost, you know, it almost never fails to be able to contact a plane while it's flying. Um, that it was just kind of really crazy that it was just like, Oh, we're just going to turn the wrong way. And then nobody can reach us. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, it says, let's see here. Um, Malaysian Airline Flight 370, uh, March 8th, 2014, uh, was flying nice. from Kuala Lumpur Airport to Beijing. Um, uh, air traffic control. Uh, was uh, last contacted aircraft control around 38 minutes after takeoff when the flight was over the South China Sea. The aircraft was l- lost from ATC radar uh, screens minutes later 
but was tracked by military radar for another hour, deviating westward right. from its flight path, um, crossing the Maya, Maya, Malaya Peninsula. Um, it left radar or left radar range 200 nautical miles northwest um, in Malaysia with all 227 passengers and 12 crew aboard presumed dead disappeared. And then they found, they found it later in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. Crashed in the ocean. Yeah. So weird. Mm -hmm. Crazy. You think it had to have been hijacked, but like, The weird thing is, like, if I remember, as soon as it deviated from its course, it, like, didn't change course. Like, it made its turn, and then, and then it, and from there, it just went straight in the Mm -hmm. ocean, basically. Like, didn't deviate whatsoever. So, it's like, if somebody tried to hijack it, they, they then couldn't have flown it or anything. But it, like, the, the problem with their trajectory is they were going to be in the ocean forever. So, mm-hmm. like, the if I again, if I remember correctly, it was like western but southwestern. So it was like they're they're gonna fly. They flew across the peninsula there, right, and then into the Indian Ocean, basically going basically s- yeah south. West, so like they were gonna miss India and like just continue south over the ocean. It was like, uh, if this was your flight path, you guys didn't know where you're going. Um, so if they did get hijacked, maybe they got I, I don't know, like, yeah, that was a crazy mm-hmm. one. I went on this big, yeah, uh, I mean, big kick a while yeah. ago. There's a guy on YouTube that makes flight simulator paths of these kind of these famous plane flights mm-hmm. and uh, in a simulator and you watch the plane fly over and he usually has like all the recordings from the, uh, uh, it's not always with the recordings, but he has all the dialogue that was said back and forth from, from the control mm-hmm. air, fa- air traffic controllers to the pilots and kind of says what information we know about what happened when and uh, and all this stuff. I watched, started watching these, uh, started watching the 9-11 ones, which was weird. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, pretty, it, it, they're pretty cool. Pretty interesting, I think. But, uh, but yeah. There you go. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I mean, what? No clue as to what happened, and all they found is like chunks of the the plane. Yeah. So very little to go off of. So mm-hmm. there you go, man. Holy cow, that was a lot of mystery. <laughs> yeah. Who done it? It was the butler. It was Tim Curry. Everyone knew it. Except Ooh, nobody uh, knew. Yeah. Was he the butler or was he Mr. Body the whole time? Probably. I don't yes. know. Yes. 
Your uh, guess is as good as mine. Spoiler alert, you can't really spoil that movie because <laughs> right. it, all, all, it all happens. Everything you think would happen, every, it all happens. Every possibility is a possibility. Yeah. Uh, and ends up being that. Um, yeah. All right. Well, should we try to transition out of these mysterious yeah. happenings? Yeah, let's get to some cold hard facts. Mysterious uh, purchases of young children um, in a segment we like to call Triggered Triggered Memories. Nice. Uh, I love that. Thank you. Uh, This week on Triggered Memories, I wanted to discuss with you, sir, the first CD... Or multiples, if you want, to, if you want to bring a few up. But the first CD you ever bought with your own hard-earned cash monies, my own money. Yeah, when you were like, you know what, I earned some of this money, and you know what, I want, I want some tunes to jam too. What did you mm-hmm. go out and purchase for yourself? So. Uh, I- I remember this. I remember this specifically. Okay. Uh, partially because uh, it was one of the the first days that I I skipped school. Oh, you dirty rotten! Um, I, I can't exactly remember why. Probably classic. You know, I didn't do my homework, and so to avoid embarrassment, I might as well just skip that class. Because that's a very rational thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> like, seems straight up. Straight yeah. up. So uh, I skipped the last, um, the last uh, period of class uh-huh. uh, after lunch. Uh, this was, I believe, this had to be my sophomore year because I had a car. Ooh, so <laughs> you were a driving man. Yes, because there's no way I would have gotten to the mall like just walking from, i mean it's doable school. but that's a good walk that's a good walk well, yeah but i had to be home in time for the phone call that told my mom that i skipped school Ooh. so i i had to be, like, I, I only no had <laughs> I, yeah i only had time between when i was supposed to be in class to about like you know uh, four o'clock when the automated line calls and says your child was reported absent and um, I remember just that part of it uh, with the CD like listening in my room uh, <laughs> for the phone and as soon as it rang like as soon as like the little bit I was just like I had my thumb on the 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 hang up button whatever that's called. Uh-huh. Um, and it's just like, your son was, or your child was reported absent, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, got it. So, you know, that was the best that they had, I guess, at our time to, you know, try to handle. That's right. Time. But it was, it was not very hard to, to get around uh, if you knew what was coming. Anyway. Nice. So I remember going to the mall and going to Borders. Ooh, Borders Bookstore. Borders Books. And 
I purchased the soundtrack oh. to the movie Dick from 1999. Really? Yes. What were some of the uh, jam tracks on the uh, Dick soundtrack? So uh, it's a movie about Richard Nixon and starring uh-huh. Kirsten Dunst and Will Ferrell and, and stuff like that. Uh, I vaguely but, remember. Yes. Yes. So it's all 70s stuff. So it's Dancing Queen, nice. um, ABC from the Jackson yeah, 5, Crocodile Rock, Lady Marmalade. Okay. Uh, Hooked on a Feeling. It's a good one. Ooh. Uh, Mr. Big Stuff. Locomotion or the yeah the locomotion everyone's doing um, it. It's a brand new dance. and you're yeah you're so vain. Ooh, it was it was definitely my it was definitely the beginning of my my disco phase my disco and funk phase. That disco Throughout inferno, nice man. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. good. That's yep. good. And and I still have it actually. You still have that still CD. Have the, the jewel case and everything. Yep. Ooh, nice. Yep. So that is my story. Listening to my uh, uh, ill-gotten gains. While I, was, <laughs> uh, I mean, I paid for it. Yeah, but you were like, <laughs> it was it was on borrowed time. You're like skipping and school, and you were like, treat yourself, two thousand and one, whatever un- it was. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Nice. <laughs> yep. Nice. What do you got? What was what uh, was your what was right. your compact disc of choice? Now, I if anybody doesn't know what CD. Yeah, CD stands for compact CD. disc. If you didn't know that, go back to school, learn about history and old technology. Um, help. LP stands for long play. What is EP? Extended play? EP is is a is an electric uh, I don't know. You think it EMP? No, <laughs> no. Is it is it EP? I thought it was extended play. Doesn't well, EP, It's those big well, EP's got a different those big meaning round now cuz EP now is like a mini c- mini album release like i released my ep it's got five mm-hmm. tracks on it listen to it on soundcloud um but uh but yeah an extended play you were thinking was what like a reel to reel no no it's it's a it's a vinyl i mean it's a it's a record ep was an extended play record i don't think there was anything l- larger than the uh, the LP, I could be completely wrong, but uh, thirty three and a third speed LP. Um, it's possible that they made the Goober smaller for an EP. It's still still a LP size. I am not familiar with that. Sorry that I brought all this up. Anyways, uh, we'll get back to you on that. You can look it up and let us know if we were wrong. Um, my compact disc of choice, the first CD that I ever bought, uh, I kind of count this twice, but the first one I bought was the uh, the uh, uh, 
self-titled Collective Soul album. Collective Soul, Collective okay. Collective Soul was blue. Um, Collective Soul say from 95. Yeah, they're 95. Self-titled release, Collective Soul. Uh, that was the first CD I ever bought. Um, and... A uh, buddy of mine liked Collective Soul, and that's why I bought it. I didn't really have a big connection to it per se, except I listened to it a lot after I bought it and enjoyed it. Um, I, I had a, a, a fledging CD collection. Shortly thereafter, I had about 13 compact discs. I was a high school man making my way through the world today to took everything I got, and <laughs> one day some Fulio yeah. Fontaine broke into my car in the middle of the night, stole all my CDs, my CD player, my tape adapter, all my all of my uh, connecting CD electronics. Uh, not my actual stereo. Like your actual, like your actual stereo, like out of the. No, not my actual stereo, but uh, no, oh, okay. but all the accessories that I had in there, like uh, I had a, a walk, a discman, a discman that uh, plugged into my tape. Oh, yes. Player in my Good car adapter. through a tape adapter. My 13 CDs in a small CD case and all that stuff got sniped. It's like yoink and took all of it. Um What uh, <laughs> what's that Simpsons episode where the guy that kept stealing everything they end up like ah oh, what's his name I don't know never mind never mind they're like yeah hey, he takes like the thing at the very end I know what you're talking yeah, about yeah and it's yeah. like they're all on the roofs because it like all, everything flooded oh yeah uh, yeah it's it's yeah. it's some artist oh I can't remember yeah. yeah. <laughs> the best part of that one, he's like, Chief Wiggums is giving somebody a, a, a hard time for throwing something into donation bin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the mobsters come up with somebody rolled a bit of carpet. And uh, he's like, hey, what do you got there? And they're like, beanie babies. And they throw it in the, in the donation bin. <laughs> so, guy's dead body. Anyways. Um, but uh, yeah, yoink. Yoink makes me think of that episode. Uh, but that was the first CD I ever bought. But once I got my CD stolen, I kind of just said, forget it. All that stuff that happened before never happened. That was the only way I, my little high school brain could get wrapped around that and be okay with how with living after being violated in such a way. I think stolen from my car. So I had to uh, just kind of wipe it clean. So the what I count as my... Uh, first CD at that point uh, was I bought Bridge Over Troubled Waters by uh, Simon <laughs> Garfunkel. Just to ease, ease your pain. <laughs> ease your pain. Um, mm-hmm. I was on a trip to New York. I bought it in a New York shop. The CD was an import. had had Jap- uh, Chinese text on it. Um, you bought this in a shop? Uh, not somebody uh, on like the a- street corner? I bought this. No, no, no. It was in a in a CD 
uh, record mm. shop, and it was a like I said, it imported. It had dual language though, like I could read the, the titles of the tracks and stuff. But they had it had an inner, uh, the inner sleeve uh, <laughs> was uh, all in Chinese, which I thought was really cool. Uh, so that was the uh, I had that CD before in my thirteen CDs that got stolen, uh, but that was the purchase. one that I decided to to rebuild with. So mm. that was kind of a uh, number one. 2.0 but uh but yeah i thought it was really cool it meant a lot to me to buy it in the new york city international city with some uh you know chinese writings on it so there you go when you're weary feeling low there you go yeah i mean interesting thing they bring up there is um kind of like what would you like what would you replace you know like if, if there you... were f- a few that I didn't buy again and I don't I can't tell you what they were mm-hmm. um, there was a good amount that I repurchased from the original 13 but uh, not everything made the cut and I and uh, kind of wish that I remembered mm-hmm. what it was I think it would be interesting to look at that and be like Oh, I wonder why, you know. It's a mystery. I didn't buy that again. But uh, but yeah. Now I, I you have your CDs and that's great. I don't have any of my CDs anymore. I really? sold all of them, digitized them all. My whole library is digital. I have no hard copies hmm. of music anymore. Except for some vinyl except for some vinyls. I do have a small collection of vinyls. And uh, they're not being used until I have a bigger home where I can set right. up my record player. Oh, uh, you mean those those discs? Late <laughs> the big round discs, laser discs. The what? Oh no no the the big black ones. Those remember big this? round discs. I don't know if it's the same record player. It's probably not. But remember when we got the the record player from the the church yes. uh, library and the and the film strip. Or the film uh-huh. projector, film strip projector, and everything. Yes. Do you remember, do you remember the story with the the, the discs? Uh, you'll have to remind me. I I have a twinge, but I don't have the story. So so the the librarian uh-huh. said, "Oh, we're cleaning everything out of right. the church. All the old. If you guys want anything? We're like, do you have anything good?" And she's like, ah, we have that thing that plays those big discs. And we're like, a laser disc player? She's like, no. Like those big black discs? Like records? You mean a record player? She's like, yeah. And we're like, oh. So like we went and we called her and we're like, uh, we can't find the the record player that you mentioned, she's like, oh, it's over like on the left side or whatever. And we pulled up uh-huh. and we looked at it. We're like, oh, it's a 45. She's like, what? We're like, never mind. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what a record is. You're not going to, we're not going to sit here and explain this to you. So, right. <laughs> yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was pretty yeah. amazing. But then we got the film strip projector and, and we talked about that uh, one other time. Not that long ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, yeah. So, uh, so, so yeah. Well, listeners, cool, man. Uh, tweet us your CD purchase. 
Yeah, your first CD. What was your first music purchase? Some of you may have not bought a CD the first time. It might have been an iTunes purchase or something lame like that. But let us know what it was. Or we might have some some listeners that they know what their first record was. What their their first record you know, was getting yeah. out there. And so, That's right. Uh, let us know what you, what you got. I'm not sure what my first record I purchased was. It may have been Abbey Road. Um, I don't know if I've ever. Uh, I I can tell you my first laser disc was uh, uh, Last Action Hero. Your first laser disc was Last Action Hero. Nice. Yes. So classic. All right. What is your wisdom for you, Tigert? Well, what's new for me? We we went camping with a three-year-old and a one-year-old. Oof. Okay. So this happened this weekend. We went camping Saturday night and Sunday night. And we did it. We made it home. We had a pretty enjoyable Two nights in a row. Two nights in a row. We we were like, if we're gonna go, buddy, we're gonna do it. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do it, do it, do it. So uh, so yeah, my wife kind of just came up with this idea and said, we're gonna do it. And I was like, okay, I don't have all the details. And she's like, that's fine. It's it's just happening. Just bring yourself. And I was like, oh, wow. Oh, but like, when? And she's like, I'm already gone. Get yourself here when you can. And I'm like, what? Right. Uh, that's not that's not entirely true, but that's not that far off. <laughs> um, so I had a gig on Friday night and I had a gig on Saturday night. So she went during right. the day and it was like, we're going to find <laughs> ourselves a camping site, even though it's the day of. And it's summer, and everything will be booked. I was like, okay, good luck to you, ma'am. We had some lessons Saturday morning. As soon as our lessons were done, she had everything packed, kids in the car. She left from work, went up to Loveland area to find a camping site, hopefully around Carter Lake, which is a nice big reservoir up there. Uh, very nice Um, uh, but you can't reserve anything other than uh, greater than 24 hours out I mean less than 24 hours out Mm -hmm. so the day of is like really what yeah so if they um, if they don't have anything I mean if they have something available that day you better get there quickly and be the first one cuz they're not they're not reserving it so like whoever comes right. first is going to get that site. So so my wife went up to this place and she went and talked to the rangers and they're like yeah everything's sold today. But we had a guy come down earlier who who rent, who rented two sites for his family and they decided they only needed one. So he said, if anyone comes looking for a site, he'd be willing to uh, sell his other site hmm. to somebody. Okay. So she was like, "Okay, give it to me." And so she, the, the lady <laughs> told him, the lady told him where he was, and she went up and found the guy, and I was like, "Yes, we will buy it. How much you want?" 
and he was like, this much? And she was like, mm-hmm. do you take cash? And he was like, I don't take anything else. Uh, so she gave him some money, and, and bada-boom, we had a campsite. Nice. Uh, the stinky thing was that after the weekend, uh, we had to change campsites on the second day. So we had that one first, but then we were able to go down early the next day and say, we want a campsite. And they're like, boom, here's a nice one for you. Oh, okay. Now it's, and then we can grab another site. So, but we had to move our stuff, which was kind of lame, but wasn't too bad. Eh. Second spot was nicer. Uh, more trees, a little bit more secluded right on the lake. Like, you just walk across the little drive and there was there we were right at the lake. So the lake had a swimming area the first night we went and the kids swam in there the lake and hung out and had a grand old time. And uh, you know, we we did the whole shebang, we made some hot dogs, we did some s'mores. Oh, Lyra ate a lot of rocks. It was glorious. Um, oh, you know, as ba- as babies good, tend good to do. Baby. Sure, sure. She thinks she's a bird. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, you know. So yeah, first night was apparently pretty good. She put them down to bed pretty easily, but I was like at this gig and I got there like in the mm-hmm. middle of the night, you know, like way late. And uh, uh, so she basically did the first day by herself. Though I came up. Earlier in the day, helped set up, and we had dinner and that stuff before I drove, uh, you know, the 45 minutes to my gig or whatever it was. So we did that, and then, uh, hmm. uh, you know, kids wake up early camping just like at home. So I didn't get a lot of sleep that first night, so I was a little dead the next day. But we made do, and I did fairly well. Um but uh, it was nice. The second we, like I said, the, the next day we went swimming and we went and got some foods and we moved our campsite and we, uh, yeah, did a lot of stuff. Uh, Danielle and Rody went on a hike and identified the cacti and yucca plants. The man, man huh. is what a yucca is now. I can point it out to you. Good. Did he eat any yucca? I don't believe he did, and I say kudos <laughs> to him for not doing that. Um, then she put them to bed. Uh, well, I put Lyra to bed and was like dead myself, so I fell asleep uh, around six, slept for a couple hours. Then she put the boy to bed, mm-hmm. and we stayed up. Then we got up and like made a fire and stayed up and hung out for a bit beneath the dishes. And it was nice. So it's challenging with small ones, but uh, we had a good time, man. And so uh, it's been a, it's been a hot second since we went camping last. Last time we went camping was a was a straight hot mess. Oof, oof. This actually turned out much better. So that's good. There you go. That was uh, my new my new for the week. No, uh, we actually um, now that you mention it, we went camping the last like. Not the two prior, like back to back, like weekend after weekend. Yeah. And that was, um, first one was just you know, uh, like Stephanie and the dog and myself. And then uh, a couple of buddies down to Gaba Valley. Everybody, you know, kind of doing their own thing, you know, all that kind of stuff. 
then uh, we went with her family, like all nice. the, the little kiddos and stuff. And so um, uh, we had a couple of um, like six and seven year, like a seven year old, uh, six, six year old, three year old, and then four two year olds. Whoa. Which was crazy. Yeah, I bet. And like, uh, we were only there for one. Um, well, one of the families decided to pack up and, and leave. Um, and they were packing up their stuff in the dark. And um, my job was basically to uh, stand by the fire and make sure none of the children fell there. And, but yeah, you're, I mean, constantly, you know, it's, it's just, you know, you're sitting there and being like, uh, am I watching these kids? Or is some, is somebody else aware? Like, like who, who, who's, who's got who? It's a little, a little stressful, a little crazy at that point. So, yeah. 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 I mean, it's only like if you're one person, you're like, okay, I'm responsible for the well-being of these children. I'm going to call them, you know? But when you have like right. excess of adults, Usually, like, that's what you just lost because, like, oh, well, I thought grandma was watching him because he was sitting with her. Like, well, he got to go talk to this person or to go show his, you know, new stick to somebody. And then he went not to pay attention or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, right. And so it was just like, yeah, kind of crazy stuff. I'm helping pack stuff up, but I'm making sure that there are no third degree burns or any other degree burns. So, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, camping with toddlers is sometimes most of the time. They had a lot of fun though. They had a lot of fun. Oh, that's good. Um, well, we, uh, we want to let you guys know if you are in the area in uh, the Salt Lake vicinity to come to the FanX Comic Convention um, on Thursday, the 5th of September. Taggart and myself, along with our buddy, are doing a panel for the, the FanX Convention. That's right. Yeah. Uh, we, have, we have titled it uh, Crazy Cartoon Concept Concept. We're going to be talking about some of the ways that, you know, classic cartoons, classic cartoons kind of got their start, what they're really about, um, and really just kind of saying, how does this stuff get made and how is it become so popular? Right. <laughs> when you really think about what some con- cartoons are, you know, if you were in a pitch meeting and you're like, all right, what do you got? It's like, okay. What kids love? They love dinosaurs. What else do kids love? Cadillacs. Cadillacs and dinosaurs. All right. Cadillacs I want to. I want to <laughs> see a pilot next month. Make it happen. <laughs> like, how is it greenlit? Some of the stuff right. that doesn't get greenlit, uh, we're going to talk about. Yeah, it. so it should be fun. It's going to be an interactive thing. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but interactive kind of game style thing. Uh, yeah, be a good time. It'll kind be of a test good your time. knowledge, kind of mm-hmm. audience participation, definitely. Yeah. So if you're around, you can make it out, do it. We'd appreciate seeing you there, and you should have a good time because uh, 
Phoenix is always yeah. a, bl- a yeah. blast. So Thursday at eight. Look us up on the app. Thursday at eight mm-hmm. p.m. Phoenix mm-hmm. yep. app. Yeah. All right. Yes, well, uh, thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you guys out there and uh, let us know what mysteries uh, you guys have out there. Um, anything like personal uh, mysteries, like you know, it, it was there like a time when you were like. One day, like, like I got whoever stole your CDs, man. Like that's a mystery, right? Like, right. I mean, it's like, like that one time I got picked up by that one trucker lady, and her face turned into clay, and it was scary. And they were like, she said, like, tell them Large Marge sent you, and I was like, what? What? <laughs> that was great. That was great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. adventure, Large Marge. Anyway, sorry. They were like large, large march. Die. This, is gotta, this right? has got to be a dream. Oh no, large march. Got it. <laughs> uh, <but> yeah, uh, <laughs> it's a classic kind of ghost story. They're like, large oh. march is dead, dude. He's like, huh? Who drove me here? <laughs> classic, classic Tim Burton movie. Pee wee. It's a great adventure. Anyways. So yeah. Yeah, I'm also under uh, tag and Brando, and uh, we will. Yeah. Talk to you guys next week. Yes. Do it. Do it. Do it. To do it. All right. Bye. All right. Bye.